Welcome back to the Queen's School Chester podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. Now in this episode we're talking all about computing with Joanne McKinnon. Joanne will discuss computing and what it's all about, the sort of career opportunities opened up by learning computing and the skills that students learn by studying the subject. But we also get to hear about what Joanne's experience has been working in the IT industry as a woman and how the Cyber First Girls competition encourages girls to get involved in STEM subjects such as IT and computing. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we learn all about computing with Joanne McKinnon. Joanne, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How's your world looking today? Yeah, it's looking good. It's Friday afternoon and it's the end of another busy week here in school, which is always good, but also it's nice to look forward to the weekend to have a bit of relaxation time. But it's lovely to speak to you this afternoon as well to talk to you about computing, which is a subject that I love. Well, I appreciate you being here, especially on a Friday afternoon, like you say. And weekends, they're always better, aren't they, when you've had a busy week and you've, you've, you know you've done all of the things that you should have been doing and then you, you sort of feel more like you've got the opportunity to relax a bit at the weekend. Definitely. And it's really wonderful kind of physically being in school, you know, which obviously we weren't at every point last year. And the weekends and the weeks kind of merged into each other a bit more when you weren't actually getting out of the house. So, Mm. yeah, that kind of weekend feeling is well and truly back now that we're all properly back in school every week. Fantastic. Maybe a takeaway tonight. Who knows? (laughs) Anyway, we're going to be talking about computing, like you say, which I'm really looking forward to. But I wonder, before we get into the heart of this episode, if you could just tell us a little bit about where you went to school, what part of the country or the world that you went to school and whether your own experience of school was was positive. Yeah, I mean, I went to spend most of my schooling in the West Country in Devon in a little place called Tiverton, went to quite a large school there. And yeah, I did have a positive schooling experience. Certainly I enjoyed school. I enjoyed all of my subjects, really. But I did particularly like those kind of, you know, practical and STEM subjects. So I used to enjoy maths. I used to enjoy doing design technology and was one of the few girls in the design technology class at that time. And I also used to really enjoy something called information systems, which I suppose was kind of ICT and computing by another name back then. Mm. And again, I was one of the few girls, like the few one of my kind of girlfriends who was doing information systems at the time. And the computers that we were using were, well, I mean, to begin with, BBC Acorns. And then that did change later on and using all kinds of weird and wonderful software packages that nobody's ever even heard of anymore. But it was a really good kind of basis and taught me a lot of stuff that actually I still kind of draw on and use to this day. You need to be careful there, Joanne. You're going to be giving away your age when you start talking about some of the hardware like that, like the BBC Acorn. <laughs> but, but let's then look at computing today. When, when we use that phrase computing, what are we talking about? Are, are we talking about knowing where the hard drive is and the CPU or are we talking more about coding and understanding different programming languages? I mean, actually, all of those things. So, you know, increasingly we are, you know, talking to students about that kind of hardware and exactly how the computer works. And especially when we are teaching the older students at GCSE and A-level, that's a huge part of what we do. Further down the school and obviously, you know, these days in primary school as well, you know, computers are absolutely everywhere and computing is an important part of primary school curriculums. It's an important part of the Key Stage 3 curriculum. And there's a lot more kind of problem solving in there. So trying to get the students really used to different 
different environments, different programming languages. For very young children, it tends to be kind of graphical packages. So it might be things like Scratch, where you have little jigsaw puzzle pieces that represent instructions in the computer and you snap them together and see if you can get the computer to do things. Younger kids absolutely love playing with those kind of things. And, you know, they're Mm. programming and they don't even know they're programming some of the time. Mm. Then later on, as they get a bit older, we try and introduce them to kind of text-based languages like Python or about the code behind websites. But again, it's all about the kind of problem solving, about getting them to see, well, what can they make these environments do? But of course, those kind of traditional ICT skills are also still really important. You know, we want to have young people who can go into workplaces and they know how to use spreadsheets and they know how to use databases and they know how to use those kind of office applications. And we also want young people who are safe when they're online. So that kind of aspect is obviously vitally important as well. And also that they're kind of canny consumers of digital content. So, mm. you know, making sure that they understand that, you know, not everything that you read online is true and to be able to, for themselves, be able to evaluate and, and assess whether or not they think a source is reliable, you know, and that kind of thing. So it, there's, a, there's a huge broad range in terms of what we're talking about when we talk about computing from mm. kind of the, the, the ICT, which perhaps was more commonplace say five ten years ago in schools to the kind of the programming and the computing side of things but also just about being a consumer of digital content which of course we all are Mm. gosh it's a very wide subject isn't it i mean it's much wider than a lot of people might initially think yeah i think i i'm absolutely it definitely is and obviously it's one that's changing and developing all the time which is something that we always have to consider but actually, when we think about the computing and the programming and the, how a computer actually works, some of the absolute fundamentals really don't change. So while perhaps the, 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 the power of the hardware, the size of the networks, the speed of things that can happen, some of the, you know, the, the clever algorithms and things that have been developed, of course, that's changing all the time. Perhaps mm. the programming language of the day changes, but some of those fundamental concepts in terms of how a piece of hardware fetches, decodes and executes instructions about instructions being made up of variables and conditional statements and various different things. That stuff is has been quite constant over time. I've got a, a book at home. This isn't showing my age. This is showing the age of one of my relatives here. But mm-hmm. they had a, a, a BBC basic manual that they gave to me because they thought it might be something I'd be interested in. And I was mm. very interested. I opened it up and I looked at the first kind of three, four chapters. And I thought they're the same first three, four chapters of programming that we're teaching to students today, even though that oh, book really? was, was 40 years old. So, so some of those fundamentals stay the same, but now they're kind of wrapped up and packaged in very different ways. And that's the bit that's changing and developing all the time. Well, let's look at that a little bit closer then. I mean, what sort of skills do students learn today that they possibly never used to learn in the past? It's obviously the technical skills are important, but I, I keep saying about problem solving and it is very much about problem solving. Computers are just a vehicle. They're just a tool to solve the problems that we want to solve, whether it's how we want to communicate, whether it's to do a, a computation in a certain way. So it's the tool that we can use to solve those problems. So that's a big part of it. Another part of it is is teamwork as well. There mm. is sometimes this misconception that these kind of computing-based jobs, technical jobs, are kind of lone wolf professions. The idea of somebody kind of like sat in a room on their own typing away on a computer is so far from the reality mm. of careers in computing that it's, it's untrue, really. The reality is that 
that, that, that software, that networks, that, um, that systems are developed by huge teams of people working together in, you know, in, in huge organizations with large budgets over you know, long periods of time. And that is how, software is, you know, is how software is written and developed. It's not written and developed by individual people working alone. So students need to be able to work in teams. And every single organization that you can imagine obviously has a network, has a website, has to be able to communicate, has to be able to secure those networks and all of that infrastructure. So they, it, the, the skills really are transferable to, you know, to every single walk of life. So it's so mm. important that young people are, are leaving school, you know, aware of this. And also, it's not just about jobs. It's about their life and their experience they're living in a world where you know technology and computers are not only going to be defining their job roles of the future but how they consume entertainment how they consume media so it really is about every aspect of modern life and I can't see that that's going to change any time soon if anything it's just going to become more so okay so while it may well be in all parts of life let's look at careers for a second I mean what sort of careers could be opened up by by, by somebody following this and continuing it through, you know, into into A-levels and then maybe at university, popping out, out of the top of education, what sort of career could they then step into? Young people coming out of universities today with computer science degrees and the like have so many opportunities open to them. So obviously there are the traditional things that you can imagine, like somebody becoming a, a, a software developer and mm-hmm. programming in that way their cyber security is a huge area it's an area of actually as a school that we've taken a big interest in trying to you know let the, our students know that there are these huge opportunities out there for keeping all of our data secure all of our networks secure networking is another area that people can get, can get into but it's not just those kind of real kind of hard computer science technical roles that are out there. There are also, you know, really creative roles as well. So game design or designing websites or areas that can be seen as being perhaps more creative than technical. But also even without a computer science degree and without the desire to go on and do something that focused in terms of computer science, everybody is going to be going into areas where they're going to be using computers and if whether or not somebody wants to get into the area of um, kind of healthcare or entertainment or engineering all of these different areas obviously are hugely hugely influenced by technology and I know certainly I've had conversations with several of our kind of A-level students who've gone on to do degrees perhaps not directly related to computer science so physics degrees and that kind of thing and they'll Mm. come back to school and they'll say Mrs McKinnon we had to do this programming unit in year two and actually it helped me so much the fact that I'd done my computer science A level and I was coming at this from a background of having quite a bit of experience programming rather Mm. than having to just dive in and learn to program straight away which they were seeing some of their peers and contemporaries around them having to do when they got to university so Mm. really computers programming systems is in so many different walks of career now that obviously I'm a bit biased but I feel Mm. as though it's useful for everybody to have these skills and this Mm. kind of knowledge and understanding the other thing I feel is really important actually as well is that our young people are growing up as you sometimes hear them being called digital natives so they're the people who they are they've grown up with technology they've never known any different you give them a phone you give them a device 
you know, they'll, they'll know how to use it. You know, in the olden days, we used to joke that it was the children who knew how to, you know, work the video recorder and no one else did. Well, there aren't really video recorders <laughs> anymore, but there are other bits of technology that we could say, you know, that they can, they can use it better than we can because they've grown up with it and they understand it. But actually, all of that stuff now is wrapped up in these shiny packages mm. that what's going on inside is so far removed from the interface that you're dealing with Hmm. that there's a risk that those digital natives actually could end up knowing less about how the technology actually works because it's hidden from them. It's hidden from them, you know, in the lovely phone package or the iPad package or whatever it happens to be. So the beauty of computing is it's now actually showing young people that this isn't, it's not magic. It's not some kind of black, dark, dark art that computers can do these things. There's actual science behind it and they can understand a bit about how all of these kind of gadgets and technologies and systems that they rely on mm. and use every day, how they actually work. Because really to be so reliant on something and for something to be such a big part of your life, but to have no concept of how it actually works is, is, is a shame really and is a missed opportunity. And when you talk about these different careers as well, you know, I'm sort of picturing the, the likes of a, uh, a almost like a Californian open plan office, a, a good healthy mixture of people from all walks of life, a good diverse makeup of, of, of an employment population there, and maybe a good element of flexible working in there as well. And that may well be a long way away from the old fashioned view of something you hinted at earlier about what a software developer might be looking like if they're sat on their own without that element of teamwork do you think that parents these days or, or maybe not even parents but maybe grandparents people of that generation might not quite understand what the world of computing and software development looks like in the workplace today yeah I mean I think that probably is a very fair fair comment I think that not every organization obviously is the California style open plan mm. there are smaller organizations that are kind of lean and agile but they're also working in teams and yeah it's very I think it probably is very different from how people would imagine it mm. to be and I think it's important that we're kind of you know realistic with young people about the opportunities that are out there but also to show them something a bit more kind of about what it could actually be like for them there are so many different opportunities and there's so many different organizations that are in this that are in this field really every organization is in this field one you know one way or another if you go and work for a for an energy company or if you go and work for you know an airline or whatever it happens to be you know companies obviously have IT departments they have teams of professionals working in this area so there are lots and lots of opportunities I think most most people I would imagine of most generations would agree that you know that it's a good career to get into that it's the future and that there's opportunities out there but yeah there may still be misconceptions about exactly what some of those roles look like and, and, and what's involved because actually a, a lot of the roles are about kind of people as well so it's not all sitting behind a computer it's about talking to a customer finding out what they're looking for from their system developing mm. something that meets a product specification working in a team to do that so there's a lot more about people in computing and careers in computing than perhaps a lot of people realize yeah that's, that's really good to hear now you mentioned earlier that when you were at school some of the options that you took meant that you were the only girl in that particular class mm. Clearly, things have changed over the last few years. But tell us a little bit about your experience being a woman and having a career in what's often called a male-dominated industry. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's no doubt that things have changed, you know, significantly. 
and there are so many opportunities for young people but also opportunities that are particularly aimed at girls but there also is I think no doubt that when we think about the kind of the technology sector as a whole that it is still quite male dominated so you know you hear stories about and I certainly have heard stories from students who've gone to university to study computing related courses and you know perhaps 10% of the cohort are girls or mm. if you go into like a large technology company you know it might be you know kind of similar similar figures I don't know maybe, maybe in that kind of environment it would depend from country to country country to country from organization to organization maybe you know 10 percent would be very low for some organizations but for other maybe not so much mm. I don't have kind of set figures on that but certainly we do kind of know that there is still kind of a, a skew towards men in these sectors and I think you know part of that to tackle that it has to start kind of early on it has to start with making sure that girls know that maths science computing all of these stem subjects are for them they're not boys subjects you know that kind of stereotype has to just go right out of the window these subjects are for them if they're interested in them they should be taking those subjects and if they do there are so many opportunities and because of this kind of underrepresentation of girls i know from you know personal experience of being you know in school there are initiatives that have been set up by huge organizations specifically to target this so one of the things that we have been doing in school for the last five years and it's it's kind of a, a highlight of our computing co-curricular program is something called the cyber first girls competition mm. and cyber first is run by the ncsc which is the national center for cyber security which is part of gchq oh okay and the competition is runs annually it's aimed at year eight students so trying to get into them in year eight before they've made their GCSE choices Mm -hmm. in the hope that by taking part in this competition it might influence them to think about these kind of STEM subjects Mm. as real serious options for them and it's a fantastic competition that in in encourages girls to take part in online challenges and then if they're successful in the online challenges perhaps to go on to you know face-to-face competitions finals in different parts of the country and all focusing on cybersecurity, so focusing on careers in cybersecurity. We've, as I say, we've been taking part in the competition since it started in 2017. Mm-hmm. And actually, we've had a good degree of success that every year since 2017, we've been lucky enough to have a team of girls make it to the final or the semi-final of that competition, which is fantastic. But it's open to any, you know, girl up and down the country who 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 wants to do it through their school teams of four any you know kind of year eight student in our school who wants to do it can take part and anyone who does take part regardless of whether or not they get to the final or the semi-final mm-hmm. then has the opportunity to engage in in other courses so the ncsc they have online courses they have face-to-face courses for all different year groups they are genuinely trying to track these young people these young women through their time at school to encourage them to carry on into these careers. They even have degree apprenticeships available for for young people to try and get them into the world of cyber. So that's one really, really good initiative that I know of and, you know, we have kind of personal involvement in. But there are many, many others where, you know, universities are really trying to target girls so that they can try and even out these kind of, these gender discrepancies in their intakes for computing courses so so there are so many opportunities now I kind of feel as though that you know I'd have loved to have been doing my information systems course now and have had all of these opportunities open to me that are open to girls today but there's still a long way to go 
Now, sometimes a parent might have a child who wants to do something in computing. Maybe they've shown an interest in computing and the parent may well want to help, but they don't quite know where to start providing that extra help because maybe it's not something that they did at school themselves, a bit like English or history, which I imagine they would have done. But what could a parent do to help start their child on a journey that they didn't undertake themselves? I mean, there are, there are so many things out there, really depending on the age of the, the child, but lots and lots of things that parents can do. So if we're starting thinking about kind of younger children at primary school, there are kind of environments, like there's something called Scratch, which I think I've mentioned already, which is kind of a, an online coding platform specifically designed at kind of primary age children with these drag and drop blocks of code that that young people can can play about with they can make games they can make animations they can do all kinds of things with it and there's a whole online community out there so even if the parents themselves are thinking actually I don't know how this works I don't Mm. know what to do with this there are there's videos there's all kinds of things on the scratch website and you know what put a young person down with scratch in front of them starting to play about with it they very soon figure it all out for themselves as well. <laughs> right so things like that are a really good starting point there are lots and lots of kind of as well as young people get older these kind of again online in environments that are designed to encourage young people to program so things like code academy is is quite a good one that young people can go on and it kind of guides them through and gives them coding challenges and things that they can work through in an environment where it will give them feedback the great thing about computers and computer computer programming is the it's the computer program soon tells you if you've done it wrong (laughs) yeah and then the challenge is to go back to try and find your mistakes and try and fix the problems but Mm. there are lots of online portals that allow you to do that so so that's another good one and then there are some great kind of little bits of hardware that have been developed particularly to try and get young people interested and engaged like I'm sure some parents at home will be sat there thinking do you know what this is all very well but my computer cost me a thousand pounds or more and I don't really want my child going on and messing about with it too much just in case anything goes wrong so things like the Raspberry Pi which is a little kind of kind of handheld kind of computer system I should have brought one I could have shown it to you but the Raspberry Pi basically is is it's everything that a computer once you plug a screen and a keyboard and a mouse in it it's everything that a computer needs to have Mm -hmm. there in this tiny little device so it's got its own processor it's got its own memory it's got the inputs and outputs but they cost about 30 pounds and you can you you can um, learn how to use it you can play about with it and do you know what if anything goes wrong it's not the end of the world it's not the end of the world cost a fortune yeah and again for the raspberry pi the raspberry pi foundation is a fantastic organization and they have so many resources online to Mm. encourage people to just go on and learn how to use their their product and learn more about computing so yeah there's there's plenty out there for parents that want to encourage their their children at home but also things that you can join that you can physically go along to so I suppose because of COVID for the last kind of 18 months there won't have been as many of these things but there's organizations like like STEMETs or various different organizations that do kind of hackathons that a hackathon is literally a load of like-minded you know people or young people who are interested in programming turning up at a venue at the same place at the same time and just making making things with code problem solving mm. and they are they are you know really popular and really good ways to get young people engaged in 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 computers and that's young people meeting up with other people in real life and not being on their own but instead they're working in a team it's all of those things you talked about earlier this sounds fantastic absolutely yeah 
Joanne, if anybody wanted to find out more about things like Cyber First, where could they go to find out more about it? Well, I mean, there's lots of stuff about Cyber First online. So if you Google Cyber First Girls Competition, there's lots of information there. That's a competition that is run through schools. We run it, you know, here uh, through the school at Queen's. But, you know, lots of schools up and down the country will be doing it as well. If anybody had any particular questions that they wanted to ask me, I'm more than happy for anyone to get in touch. My email address is jmckiernan at thequeenschool.co.uk. McKiernan's M-C-K-E-I-R-N-A-N. But, yeah, just... There's lots and lots out there for young people and parents who are interested. So, you know, do do get involved. Awesome. That's really good. Joanne, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for opening up this world of computing and changing a lot of our perceptions and beliefs about what it's all what it's all about. But thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. So that was Joanne McCainan talking all about the valuable skills and job opportunities that students can gain by studying computing. Thank you so much, Joanne, for your time on this episode of the podcast. Now, if you're listening to this and you wanted to get in touch regarding computing at Queen's, then you can email Joanne at jmckeernan, that's J-M-C-K-E-I-R-N-A-N, at thequeenschool.co.uk. There's two S's there, thequeenschool.co.uk, and she'll be right there to help you. But our next episode is coming out soon. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.